0: 1, Genesis 27, and start reading at verse number 1, and then while you're turning there, if you will stand with us one more time for the reading of the Word of God, Genesis 27 and verse number 1. This is uh, here the month of February, we have earmarked and we've been calling it the month of ministry. Wednesday night, Brother Benjamin Torbert preached a fantastic message uh, here to the church. And uh, tonight in our evening service, Brother Aaron uh, will be preaching. We're looking forward to uh, that service tonight. And, and uh, we uh, appreciate these uh, men of God been sharing their hearts. And that the Lord has been leading there as well. And uh, anyway, so we're looking forward to that. And we just appreciate the church rallying around and supporting these uh, ministers and bringing encouragement to them, but also uh, benefiting as well and uh, from these ministries. But uh, just want to remind you of that's going to be taking place tonight at six o'clock. Genesis twenty-seven, verse number one. You're there with me, won't you? Say amen. The Bible here tells us says, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim. So that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow. And go out to the field and take me some venison. And make me savory meat such as I love. And bring it to me that I may eat. That my soul may bless thee before I die. I'm going to ask you to look at verse number 9. Same chapter. Verse number 9 and 10. Now between verse 4 and when we get to verse number 9, we see that Rebekah and Jacob have been scheming. Jacob is positioning himself to steal that birthright. And this is what happens. This is the instruction from his mother. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats. And I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. In this story of the birthright that is going to be taken from Esau, And all of the things that that coincide with this. And there's much out of this story that we could look at. But I want to, if I can, I want to, with the Lord's help, focus herein on a couple of things in particular. And for the sake of a thought this morning, I simply want to preach on this thought. And that is, don't go for the goat. Amen. Don't go for the goat. If you would help us to pray one more time this morning. Father we thank you once again. For this opportunity to be in your house. I thank you once again for the privilege. That we have to come together to hear the word of God. And I pray that you would challenge our hearts this morning. We pray your anointing upon our hearts and ears. Lord as we hear and receive. My mind and lips. Lord as we preach the word of God this morning. Let all things be done for your glory. Hide me I pray behind the cross. As we look to you and your anointing today. And we do ask it in Jesus name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. As we take a look here in this these familiar passages of scripture and there are many of you that are familiar with the story and the history of Jacob and Esau. We find here the setting We find here the uh, before we get to the rivalry and really rivalry had happened from the time of birth. We come to find that as Esau had come out of the womb. We find that uh, the Bible says that Jacob had latched on to the heel of his brother. And uh, I can only imagine as far as brothers are concerned uh, uh, and uh, the way that competition can be when there is siblings in a household and uh, as to where the competition and the rivalry that apparently had ensued from day number one. We know the word of God teaches us and tells us that Esau was a man of the field. He was out hunting and he could go and, and uh, he was... Was an avid hunter. He he could go out there and deer hunt, and he could probably squirrel hunt, and he probably knew how to fish well and all that kind of stuff. He was out there in them woods, and and uh, he uh, he I'm sure learned early on how to build him a tree stand, and uh, maybe how to camouflage or whatever the case might be. He was he was uh, uh, hunting before hunting was cool. Amen. man, he was a man of the field, and we find that Jacob the Bible says that Jacob he was he was good in the in growing and gardening and planting and and uh, those different types of things and and uh, he uh, we know that as uh, as a result and before I uh, jump too far ahead we find that uh, Esau comes in from the field he's famished and Jacob had a a, a, a pot of a, a bean soup if you will of lentils that was there, and uh, Esau thought he was at the point of death, and and uh, had uh, was willing and ready to exchange the birthright uh, uh, in regards for the for some of that uh, bean soup, and we come to find that Jacob was uh, involved in these different types of things, and so growing up, different types of rivalry and different types of uh, competition, and we find as well that uh, Esau, it seems, uh, uh, he. Had the favor of Isaac, and we find that Jacob he had the favor of Rebecca. And uh, in regards to this, we see as to where uh, the parents had their favorites, and and, uh, in regards to the conversation that we're reading about, uh, we see as uh, where uh, uh, I'm sorry, Isaac is uh, that gives us the condition of where he stands. Uh, The Bible says that he was now old, he was. Up in years, he was blind that he could not see. And uh, as a result of this, uh, he calls in Esau and he says, Here's what I would like for you to do. I don't know when I'm going to pass, but what I do know is I feel that it is going to be soon enough. And so if you will, he is requesting a last meal. He's wanting to delight in one last uh, 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 feast, if you will, here of this venison that he loved. And uh, so he asked Esau to go and to take his weapons, uh, to go out there with his bow and his arrow. And and uh, he said, I want you to go kill a deer for me. And he said, I want you to prepare it. He, he said, I love the way you cook it and put it together. Amen. Now, I, I don't mean to... Uh, uh, to um, you know, uh, take away, uh, uh, steal the victory this morning from anybody Because you start talking about food and everybody's uh, stomachs will get to growling and grumbling And you say, Brother Jake, I can't even think about what you're preaching Because now you got me thinking about something that I'm going to eat But I'll tell you this right now Hey man, I've got, uh, uh, I've got Uncle Kevin and Aunt Shag here and and uh, different ones And I'll tell you one thing about it One thing that we have uh, always known how to do is fry up a mess of deer meat man. And uh, if you've ever fried up a mess of deer meat And if you're around our family There's going to be some fried taters with it And there's going to be some gravy with it And there's going to be some biscuits with it And we'll even fry up some eggs And and uh, just, I mean, Brother Eli, we just make a, a thing of it And I mean, we will we will polish off a a, 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 a a pile of deer meat in a hurry Amen And I'm here to tell you a good meal of deer meat And make an episcopal a pallion shout. I'm telling you right now. Hey man, it's something to get happy over uh, when uh, somebody sits down and and uh, I don't even know if Sister Torbert knows this or remembers this, should I say. Uh, but one of the first times that I was ever at their home and uh, Sister Carol and I just first married, we was preaching a few services here in uh, southeast Texas and we were over went over to visit Brother and Sister Torbert. And Sister Torbert, I walked in and they all was in that trailer there and in their inviter. And they was pastoring faith assembly. And Sister Torbert was frying up some deer meat for Brother Torbert. And I'll never forget, Brother Torbert asked me, he said, do you like deer meat? Yes, I do. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, I I was going to stick around and just taste test. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Sister Torbert forever won her way into my heart because she fixed me up deer meat first time I ever Really got to sit down and visit with her. With friends like that, I mean, that's the favor of the Lord. Amen. And so Isaac, he wanted, he said, this is what I'm asking of. Well, apparently we find that Rebecca had been in there eavesdropping. And and he said, what I want to do, he said, this meal, not only do I want it, he said, but this is going to be part of celebration. He said, I am going to bless you. And as was customary, when you go back and look, we find in the word of God that fathers upon their deathbeds, they would place their hands upon their children and they would bless them. And we find that with that blessing it connected them with eternal purpose. It connected them with the plan of God. And we find here that mama didn't want Esau to have the blessing. She wanted to be sure her favorite Jacob could get the blessing. And so once she hears of the news and Esau gets his weapons and heads out to the field. We find that she finds Jacob and she said this. this. This is what I need you to listen carefully This is what we're going to do She said I want you to go And get two good kids Two good And some of you younger ones in here Your eyes getting big These aren't children that's that's just what they called the co- goats, kid goats. Amen. And uh, Ashlyn's kind of looking at me like, "What do you mean, the kids? Go get the kids, but uh, get the get those kid goats." Said, "I want you to get a couple of them. Get the best you can." And she said, "What we're going to do? We will slaughter them." And she said, "I will make savory meat for your father, for him to enjoy." Now I stopped in reading there, and I'm going to cover a few other things here in just a little bit. But they were getting ready to deceive. They were getting ready to manipulate the situation. And if you will here this morning, bear with me because I'm going somewhere with this. I want you to understand. Here we find they were going to take advantage of a man who was in the later days of his life. They were going to take advantage of one who was past in his years. He could not see. He was dependent upon what he heard. We find when Esau walked in the room that he said, My son, and what this was, he was asking. It was a question, Is this my son? And Esau said, Here am I. This is me, Dad. This is me, Father. I want you to understand there are some things that we're looking here out of the Word of God that I think that we as a church, that it's imperative that we look at and that we learn from. I want you to understand there is a prevailing problem in our world today not just in our world, but it is significant and it is also predominant in our churches. And that prevailing problem is that of deception. That prevailing problem is that of those that are misguided and misled. That is the prevailing problem of those who do not know the truth, amen, of God's word. Or having known the truth of the promise and the power of a spirit, I want you to understand this morning is that we come to know the enemy is known as that great deceiver. And we come to find that within the church, I, I want you to understand we know, we can testify, we've seen it, some of you li- we've all lived it to a certain degree when we were deceived by the things of sin. Deceived by things and thoughts and lifestyle and choices in thinking that maybe it was well, it was so okay and thinking that won't hurt us and thinking that we'd get by. How many times have I seen folks who were deceived in thinking, Brother Michael as I was talking with the gentleman not too long ago he said I know that you all would say that in God's word there's black and white issues he said but I'll tell you he said me and God have an agreement he said I'm living in the gray area. He said I'm living in a place where maybe some things may not be quite right and some things may not be quite wrong and me and God have an understanding I said sir brother Marvin I told him as lovingly as I could I said sir I hate to tell you but you are deceived I hate to tell you but you are blind I hate to tell you there's not a little bit of right halfway right kind of okay I want to remind you church this morning there is truth there is righteousness. The word of God said let God be true And all men liars I want you to know today There is an adversary of your soul Looking to convince To deceive you To disparage you And thus destroy You and I As a result of being misled As a result of dim eyes an old age what do you mean brother Jake you see there's they were capitalizing upon his handicaps they were they were moving in upon situations where he was left some would argue defenseless And we come to find that in a lot of situations and a lot of times uh, that we can look around and I want you to know that we can talk about the power of God and we can talk about the church, the bride of Christ. Uh, But there are some situations and things that I will tell you that as we look around in the church age, uh, there's a lot of eyes that are dim that they cannot see properly. There are some that are grown old. And what do I mean by that? We have acquainted uh, 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 antiquity. I'm trying to say the word. I'm trying to say antiquated is what I'm trying to say. Antiquated ideas. There are. What do I mean by that? There are some things and some forms and some fashions of worship and church that, brother Chris, because there were some that always did certain things a certain way, that we think that God fits in a particular box, and we put it in the box because it's been a box at 67 years old. And it's been a box that's been like this and done like that. And it's been putting people in the box that God can only save people who look like this or be like this or do like this. Or we can only worship as we are in the box that we've built and we've contrived. we got folks that are old in thinking, old in their sight. There is no vision. The Bible says that where there is no vision, the people will perish. What are you trying trying to say brother Jake are you trying to knock the old school are you trying to knock the old paths absolutely not because it's in the old paths that have led to life and righteousness the word of God said forsake not the old paths but I'll tell you this and I'll remind you again Victor Temple is that the standard cookie cutter family will no longer walk through the doors of this church there are people that are broken people that are bruised Married, divorced three and four times. Kids all over the place. Bondages and addictions. And there are some people and some places can't get past their own self-righteousness. To recognize and realize. There is a God that wants to move. Wants to save. Wants to deliver. Wants to bring somebody into the kingdom of God. Oh, Talking about dedicating a child. I'll tell you, friends, there are things our children, and when I say children, I'm saying little children, up to our teenagers, there are things they are seeing, hearing, and facing that you and I had no idea about when we were kids. I'm just going to tell you right now we live in a culture that's hypersexualized. We live in a culture as to where In the information age, I'll be honest with you, there's too much information that some of our kids have. Hear me. It's easy. It's accessible. It's everywhere. And and uh, this is not a message against smartphones or an iPad. But I'll tell you what, because your children aren't even safe in schools. I just talked to a family that said they found out by way of other people that there was literature being passed out to 5th and 6th graders in their public school with questions like do you, do you identify as a girl if you're A boy, and to the boy, to the girls, they were giving them literature. Do you identify as as a boy? Uh, Do you identify as being a homosexual? Do you identify as being? And the school did not have to tell the parents uh, that they were passing out uh, such god-forsaken, demonic literature to the kids. Uh, The parents were in upheaval to find out uh, that it was coming from supposed trusted. Sources, that they were giving it to kids out of the radar out of the earshot out of the eyesight of parents I'm going to tell you right now it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter what's going on there's deception and manipulation and sin that permeates the atmosphere and if there's ever been a time that the church would be diligent to stand up again and say God give us eyes to see you Give us ears to hear your voice and let us not be deceived. Now is that day. Now is that time. Well, Brother Jacob, I'm all right. My kids are grown, gone. They're doing good. I want to tell you, that doesn't mean the devil's leaving you alone either. It seems like every other week, every other month, we're hearing of another church, another pastor, another ministry, another platform. That is deceived and wrecked by sin. Because somebody was not aware of what was going on. Got called up in the deception, manipulation and thinking I will be okay. And thinking it won't happen to me. It won't happen to my family. It would never happen to my church. I'm going to tell you Victor temple. We better wake up. We'd better wake up. The enemy is playing for eternity. We don't have time to sit on sidelines. We don't have time to wink and nod. We don't have time to overlook. We don't have time to say, well, I'm past my prime. Well, I, you know, I just don't do this very well or anything else anymore. They were looking to deceive and to take advantage of an ailing man. And I will tell you right now, the enemy is having a field day in ailing churches churches where the power of God is no more at work and operation churches where there's no longer prayer meeting, churches where there's no longer preaching, churches where there are no longer altar services, churches where they no longer sing about the cross, the blood, or the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ churches where the baptismal tanks are dried up, ripped out and thrown in a garbage heap somewhere churches that'll take out the elements of the sanctuary pews or chairs, I'm not against if you got chairs, whatever it is. But they're they're removing they're removing pulpits. Oh, because that's an antique... Uh, I can't say that word. It's an antique piece of furniture. It has no more variable, whatever the case might be. You know what? There's nothing magical about that pulpit. But what that pulpit represents... Do you know why there's not a piano in the middle of the platform? Because music is not the centerpiece of what's going on here. Do you know why there's not a guitar or a set of drums right there? There, it's because that, that music that, that's not the centerpiece of it that represents the fact that the word of God is central in the house of God it is there strategic by the not for my ego or any other preacher's ego but it's to say we believe the word of God is pertinent powerful and important but we're taking these things and 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 churches now that i mean is nothing there's nothing but show nothing but programs and we wonder why we're deceived we wonder why folks can come in and they can sing they'll even give they'll participate in different things but they're still bound they're still deceived they're still dying in sin i want you to understand that so many people, they are convinced of things that are completely contrary to basic human need, morality, and common sense. The church shares in this problem. Deception in our churches is at an all-time high. Moms, dads, teenagers, and kids are disillusioned, disconnected, and as a result, they're dying. I want you to know, it was a request of Solomon that he might have wisdom, that he might know right from wrong, that he might know how to lead God's people. Listen to what he tells the Lord. The Lord comes to him and he says, I'll give you what you ask for. Just ask it. And the Bible says in 1 Kings 3 and 9, Solomon makes this request. He said, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people. He said, I want to know you, God. I want to know your heart. I want to have a heart like you. I need wisdom. He said, verse 10 said, the speech pleased the Lord. It pleased him that Solomon had asked this thing And God said unto him, because you have asked this thing, and you have not asked for long life, neither did you ask for riches, or have you asked for the life of enemies. He didn't want vengeance. But you asked for understanding, to discern judgment. He said, behold, I have done according to your words, and I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart. Do you know what happened when he wanted discernment and wisdom? God gave him more wealth than he knew what to do with. Did you know that it was during Solomon's reign where there was no war for the people of Israel? He gave him peace. We find that other kings and other leaders would come from around the world and to ask Solomon to learn of him, to know about the things that God had put in his heart because he wanted discernment. We are so preoccupied today. We're praying. We get, we get our prayers backwards. The Lord said, he said, because you didn't ask for long life, you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for revenge on enemies. He said, you didn't ask for any of that. He said, but because you asked for discernment and an understanding heart, It said it pleased God And God opened the windows of heaven And he gave him everything else I want to tell you church We have it backwards When we are pursuing other things first When we're trying Let me me just say this You may not agree with every decision that I make as a pastor You may not agree with everything that I've ever done And I know that I'm human You're human We'll just have to On some things we'll agree to disagree On some things I can assure you I'm trying to do the best that I can I'm trying to follow the mind of the Lord. I promise you that I'm always trying to do that. If I fall flat, if I mess up, it's going to be because I've been trying hard to follow after God's will. But I will say this. Some might ask and say, well, pastor, what's your plan to pack out these pews? What's your plan to grow the budget? What's your plan to give more, do more, build more? What's your plan for all this? We have taken ministry and we have... Have tried to deconstruct it and build it into a multi-million dollar enterprise. God didn't call us to be Walmart. God didn't call us to be Costco or anything else. This ain't your favorite buffet or your this is the house of God. And if there's anything we're going to do, if there's anything this pastor is going to worry about first, God, give us your mind. Give us your heart. Give us your spirit because if we can get that right if we can get that right everything else will be taken care of come on here if we can get that right I can guarantee you the bills will be paid We can give to missions. We can do outreach. If we can get that right. God will trickle people in this place. And their lives can be changed for eternity. If we can get it right. If we can get back to saying Lord. Before we can say we got the best choir. Before we can say we got the nicest foyer. Before we can say we have got this building or that building. It is all for nothing. If we aren't saying God. What we need first. Is your power What we need first is your word What we need with you Is a right relationship With God Come on here If we can make that priority As a body Everything else Will fall into place I'm not going to tell you That that means we'll have multi-million dollar budgets I'm not going to tell you That that means that we're going to have buildings all over this property. I'm not, I'm not saying all of those things are going to happen. But what I will say is this, Brother Chris, is that God will take care of His church. And God will take care of His people. They're not going to teach you that in a Bible school. They're not going to learn that going to the next convention of your favorite evangelist. This is just down home right here at Victory Temple preaching for this body. We must desire discernment once again. It's a gift of the Spirit. Did you know that? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy. Now those first two, they sound cool, don't they? They sound, they sound pretty neat. You ever notice we got all kinds of folks now? They got everything in front of their name. Apostle, bishop, prophet, evangelist, motivational speaker. They'll tell you all that stuff. One fella said it's a he said it's a shame the word servant isn't in there anywhere. It's a shame we're so preoccupied with titles. We're preoccupied with gifts. We want. We uh, listen to me, young preachers. Hear what I'm saying. Hear your pastor. I, I I thank God for you. I want you to preach like men from another world. I want to see the anointing of God on your lives. I want you to pull and excavate things from God's word that bring revelation to God's people. But do not get called up. Oh, that my ministry is this size or I'm a prophet, or I'm a this, or I'm a that. He said, here there's some that work miracles. Another prophesy. If there's one thing you need as a man of God, learn how to discern. Discern the spirit. Know the truth. Know what God would have you say and do. Have your ear on the heartbeat of God so you'll know what to speak to God's people. So you know what to do. I'm going to tell you right now Church That's not big and fancy And that's not real enticing for everybody But can I tell you That if you're seeking out the gifts of the spirit Seek the spirit of discernment Because it's not just Don't just look at me and say That's what we pay you for pastor We need you to discern I'm going to tell you something I could drop dead tomorrow I could I could no longer be in your life. And you ain't going to call me up and say, I, I, need, I, need, your, I need your guidance right now. I need, what do I do right now? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to pray. Get in God's word. Get a hold of God. We are so dependent upon somebody else. Tell me what to do. And when you open yourself to everybody else telling you what to do, you will be deceived. You'll be manipulated. Someone will take advantage of you. Somebody will work out situations in your life to benefit them. Hear me. Hear what I'm saying. We find in Ezekiel 44 and 23. This is the, was the command for God's people. They shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. And cause them to discern between the clean and the and the unclean be careful be careful because there are things there's avenues there's things that we are attaching to our lives that are part of us be careful what we're calling clean and unclean be careful what we're deeming okay and not okay be careful be sure that you know that you know what God has spoken and said to you be sure you measure it by the Word of God Measure it by the word of God. He said, "Teach my people to do this, Isaac." I'm trying to hurry. Isaac's in a vulnerable position. Like as I said, he's aged. He is weak. He is in a point of dying. Here's a couple of things that I want to point out. Some things that lessons you can learn from Isaac. We don't go for the goat. We don't go for the goat. Here's a problem. Often deception is tied to people who want something immediately. Somebody better say amen right there. We want it right now. We want it quick. There's some folks in here because you couldn't wait and save your money. You're staring down thousands of dollars of credit card debt. And Visa's making 26% on your money. Because we're a generation, I don't save, I don't wait, I'm going to swipe and I'm going to get it right now. Now you can get all bristly and look at me, you're meddling now. I'm just telling you the truth. And you're uptight and you're frustrated and you're working 80 hours a week to try to pay off stuff that you bought three years ago. That's good preaching, Brother Jake. Thank you. I'll keep on preaching. We want it now. Listen to verse number 20. It said, Isaac said to his son, How is it? Because here's what happened listen, Jacob provided those goats in a whole lot shorter time than it took for Esau. He was still out hunting. Look at verse number 20 here. I, uh, uh, Jacob has come in the room, he's changed his voice. They put skin and animal fur on his arms so that when Isaac would reach out to touch him that he would feel that he would be convinced it was the hairiness of Esau. Listen to what he says though. Verse 20, he said to his son, how is it thou hast found it so quickly? My son, and he said because the Lord thy God brought it to me. You'd better be careful. When there's what did our grandmamas and mamas teach us? If it's too good to be true, it ain't true. Come on here. Somebody comes and listen. This ain't somebody selling you a timeshare at a kiosk. I'm not talking about Slick Willie on the car lot. I'm talking about even in the church there are things we want it quickly we want it right now and I'm not picking on these young preachers but I'm going to tell you there's, there's some young men they get so called up that they want to be up there preaching that they want to skip the steps they want to skip the processes they want to skip the prayer closet they want to skip listen they think I can go down buy a suit comb my hair get some cologne get me a new bible and I'll dig Around on TikTok or Instagram for a neat biblical fault. That's, you know, I'm joking there. And, and I, boy, I can preach something, get everybody shouting, get everybody excited, and I'll be known as the best preacher in the land. Oh, you don't want it quickly. You want to go through the process. You want to go through the crushing. You want to get in the garden. You want God to squeeze some stuff out of your life. Church, don't be infatuated with things that come quick quickly if it blows up quick I promise you it'll blow away quick it will it will talk with folks they get all excited man in three months we've had over so and so many people coming to church well that's that's great I'm, I'm excited for you and not to be a Debbie Downer but sister Brenda sometimes I say just be careful be careful. You know what I love brother Chris? You know what I love? One of my favorite stories is a tortoise and the hare. Somebody said I love the tortoise and the hare. He said because that old tortoise he wins every time I read the book. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. We get deceived when we are wanting it now. Listen to this, and I promise you I'm trying to quit. We desire, I heard that laugh. For that I'm going an extra 15. Listen, because I believe God's given me something to say here. We are after sensuality instead of spirituality. Listen to this, verse 21. He already asked, How did you get it so quickly? Verse 21, and Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. Isaac had thought, said, This don't, this don't seem right. I mean, it he says it's Esau, it says I got the meat, but it, it, it don't feel right. He said, So come here. He said, Let me, let me see, put them arms out, Ben. He said, I, he's blind, he's feeling. And that's where, that's where they had put that hair on his arms. Let's read, because I, I want you to understand, first and foremost, when we're talking about sensuality, we are often preoccupied with what we can feel. With what we can feel. There are some folks, you love the feeling. That comes from a spirit filled service. Oh brother, I mean, brother. Woo boy, woo! I felt, woo! I felt that man. I feel good, man. I'm walking in high cotton. I, I mean, I'm walking out of here. I'm smiling bigger than I ever. Smiled. I ain't cried that much in a year. I mean, I ain't, I mean, I'm telling you, I feel wonderful. We are oftentimes preoccupied by how we feel. We've got a lot of people, brother Marvin, that feel good, but they can't be faithful when they leave the church house. Oh, but I felt good on Sunday. Hallelujah. Oh, didn't you see me? I was shouting. Didn't you see me? I was crying. Didn't you? I had a ooh. I'm not making fun. I'll do that with you. I'll run the lap with Eddie. I'll jump on the pew. You you've seen all of it. I, I have nothing against exuberant worship that comes from a place in the soul. But we have too many based upon how it felt. But we can't be faithful. Come Monday and the devil takes all the good, the feel-good away. And we're left squandering and squabbling and crying and we're backslid and God don't love us and I'm not saved anymore. And I thought I was called to preach Sunday and I ain't called to do nothing on Monday. Because I don't feel it, I will tell you right now, Sister Karen. There's a lot of weeks I don't feel it, Brother Gerard. There's some Sundays I don't feel it. Well, somebody's getting offended right now. Well, well, we better get a different preacher. I need somebody up there who feels it. I need somebody up there to start a fire. I need somebody. What I'm trying to say is is in the days that I don't feel it, I've got to tap into what I know is true, what is faith, what's been built what stands because here's what happens brother Michael I may not come in the church house or stand in the pulpit feeling like a million bucks every Sunday and some Sundays by the time I read the text and by the time I get to preaching and if I can just get brother Chad sister T if I can just get to the point where that anointing I feel that anointing begin to touch me all of a sudden where I did feel and what was going on and if I can just be a vessel if I can just be a man that God could work through then everything else will be all right I don't care if you and all I don't care if you amen all I know we've got to get past being wrapped up with how we feel he said come here let me feel let me feel and there's a lot of folks that's why they never stay in one church for too long the feeling at one place Starts feeling different. How many times. Man I'd be a rich man if. I heard every person that ever leave a church would say. You know it just don't. It don't feel the way it used to feel. I'm sorry I didn't know we was a massage parlor. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize. It just don't feel a certain way. Listen. Verse 22, and Jacob went near unto his father and he felt him, listen to this, and he said the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He tricked him in his feeling. And you almost think that he's going to convince him with the voice, but he says, "Ah, it sounds like Jacob. We've got to be careful because what we feel will impact what we want to hear. The word of God tells us that in the last days, Brother Gary, they would heap themselves together. Teachers, false teachers mind you, having what? Itching ears. That's to say they wanted somebody to tell them something good. Tell us something that makes us what? Feel good. Tell us that we don't want to be convicted. We don't want to be dealt with. We don't want to be reprimanded or scolded. Tell us good things. We're on our way to hell, but tell us good things. Our families are a mess, but tell us good things. My children are lost, but tell me good things. The church has fallen apart, but tell us good things. Because feeling has affected hearing, you know what Jesus said, my sheep know, somebody shout no, No. my sheep know my voice. Isaac knew the difference, but because he felt what he thought was the hands of Esau, he said maybe my hearing has gone too. You know why the enemy wants to infiltrate the church with feeling? It's because of this. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Taste. Listen to this 24. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. Lying to him, bold faced lion. And he said, bring it near to me and I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him and he did eat. And he brought him wine and he drank. Now I don't know about you. I've ate enough deer meat. I know a difference between deer meat and goat meat. But by this point in time. Isaac is now convinced that just maybe all my senses are off. And I will be satisfied with this. Convinced he was eating the venison. Supplied with wine. To also get him in a drunken stupor. To where he can no longer ask the questions. We are in a place... It amazes me what some people will tell me that they have heard things that are being preached in actual, so-called actual churches. Things that are being said. They may not have a pulpit, but it's from the podium or whatever the case might be. But things that are supposedly being said in a sacred place of worship. And it's sending people to an eternity without God. But we as the people no longer have discernment. We want to feel good. We want to hear good things. And therefore we will gorge on trash. Last night, Sister Carolyn, she's running fever. Sore throat, coughing, snotting. I mean, I love her. But stay in that chair over there. I'm on, I've been doing this. I'm praying for you, honey. I'm praying. Jesus. I did kiss her on the forehead this morning. On my way out for church. She's sick. So you know what happens when dad's in charge of supper? Pizza. Here we come. So I called. Got pizza. And you don't just get pizza. Had to get some breadsticks too. Right? So there's Pizza and breadsticks and sister Brenda I ate pizza and breadsticks at eight something last night and I woke up miserable this morning I feel like the Michelin man right now because pizza and bread is still it's hanging around that's how you expand the ministry right and I just and you know what I said to myself brother Chris you know I said you eat junk like that and you, feel, you just feel bad versus if I would have just ate some real food at the house. But what was it? It was quick. It was easy. It tasted good in the moment. Felt good. When it tastes good, you feel good. Hey, I'll take another piece. <laughs> Until the next day and you're like, what did I do? Why did I do that? We are so convinced that the junk we're feasting on is good. And the church is sick and bloated and tired and and cannot function the way that it should. Because we are in a place and a time where we no longer endure sound doctrine. Brother Danny, if you'll come. His sight... His feeling, his hearing, his taste. Listen to this. All five senses are listed in this scripture. Smell. Listen to this. Verse 26. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. Listen to this. And while Isaac has Jacob near. You can keep reading. It says he pulled him close brother Heath and he smelled the smell of his raiment. Smelled his clothes. And blessed him and said, "See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed sister Janie sight touch taste hearing and smell all five senses we want senses sensuality instead of spirituality brother Tobin I came this morning to tell the church don't go for the goat Maybe there's things right now in your life, maybe there's things right now going on in your home, in you you spiritually speaking, and Sister Glory, you're trying to figure it out through the lens of the senses, how I feel, what it looks like, how it tastes, how it seems, all of this kind of stuff. Maybe today there's battles that are going on, things that are going on, and Brother Ben, if we're not careful, we'll get deceived when we get caught up in the senses. What does God say? That's what I want to know. What does God say? What is His Word? What's His truth? Give me an understanding heart. Give me wisdom. Give me direction. I know I have preached a while this morning. I appreciate it, but I feel like God had a message for me to share. I pray it helps somebody this morning Because you're looking at things going on in your life Maybe you're making certain decisions It's based on how you feel What it looks like How it sounds How it tastes It seems good Sounds good It feels good in the moment But I'm going to tell you child of God You better measure it and compare it To the truth of God's word You better be sure it lines up You better be sure that God approves it heads bowed and eyes closed all over this house. Father, I thank you today. I thank you today for your people. Your this is, These are your people. This is your church. And Father, this morning I'm asking that you would challenge our hearts. Lord, when we get to a place and thinking we can find other avenues, thinking, Lord, that... What we want, we want it quickly. We want, it, we want to figure it out now. We don't want the processes. We don't want pain. We don't want tears. We don't want trial or tribulation. Lord, we're only after certain things, good things, this and that. Lord, I pray you would challenge us, forgive us. When we have pursued sensuality instead of spirituality. God, I pray you challenge our hearts today. Maybe those that are have been deceived by what they feel, what they think, how something is appearing right now. Lord, if we're not patiently waiting, if we're not praying, if we're not mindful of these things, I pray, God, challenge our hearts today. This morning, church, for each and every one that's in here, under the sound of my voice, if you'd say, Pastor, I want discernment. I want wisdom. I want to know God's voice. I want to know His touch. I want to know exactly what He's saying because I can't afford to be deceived. My family can't afford to be deceived. We can't afford to be caught up in the things of life that seem like good or looks good, but God help us to where we know. If that's us this morning, church, can we come find ourselves a place in this altar? Can we come this morning and spend some time in the presence of the Lord? Would you this morning, would you allow God to challenge your heart? Would you allow Him to speak truth? Maybe it's been a train of thought. Maybe it's been a particular feeling. Maybe it's been certain things. Maybe it's been situations. But this morning God would say, don't you go for the goat. Don't you you allow yourself to be manipulated. Don't allow yourself to be in a place where you don't know the truth. Oh, don't you be in a place oh, where you're misled, misinformed, where it brings about death or destruction. But God, I want to know the truth. Lord, we know that those that have the truth know the truth. It'll set them free. It brings liberty. Oh, Lamb of God, challenge our hearts today. Challenge our hearts today. He are my